NHR the podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, Pat, and hello, NEI Hoops Nation. It's uh, we are entering the round of sixteen, and the teams will all meet in Kansas City. Uh, and it was a, a crazy last two days. Uh, I want to say that. Uh, uh, anything really, I shouldn't say maybe crazy is probably a bold word. I, I think that uh, for the most part, uh, outside of, of really, uh, you know, William Penn going down, it, it was kind of, uh, I won't say there's any real real surprises. And even even IU Kokomo, you know, was uh, one of our upset uh, special teams. So we'll get into some of those games uh, here, Pat. But, uh, um, yeah, just a, just a, a crazy last couple of days or a couple of round games as far as just uh, uh, buzzer beaters and uh, everything we, we kind of talk about. Uh, it uh, came to fruition because, uh, uh, you know, you, like I said, we got buzzer beaters. We got uh, uh, big-time performances. Uh, a couple of the big-time performances weren't even enough to, to go, you know, I, I mean, just to get us started here. You know, I, I look at Alex, I mean, Kales uh, beat out of yeah. uh, Northwestern going for 45 points, and uh, they, they still lose in the, to, over there to St. Francis, the 91-85 in the opening round. And, um, y- you know, uh, just just a lot of – a lot of uh, fun matchups in the opening round. Uh, some some surprises early, but uh, really the top four seeds all advanced uh, into the second round, uh, and uh, that's kind of where we saw a little bit more of the lower seeds winning. But uh, all in all, a lot of great action to uh, get us get us started here uh, as we turn the corner into Kansas City. Yeah, and we talked on the last episode about this tournament being wide open and really kind of in certain spots and in certain quadrants really being wide open. And I think now. With William Penn obviously going down, that that's even more true with a team like IU Kokomo making their way uh, into the final 16 here. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, some really, really intriguing matchups here in, in this next round. But over the weekend, it, it was, you know, like you said, not many surprises. There are some big-time players here that were kind of lower seeds that really kind of helped carry their, their you know, teams onto the next round. You look at a team like Jamestown, who, who obviously has a big-time player that, we kind of said on the last podcast that, you know, you're not going to be surprised if, if they advance. So, yeah, it, it's, it was wide open when the weekend started, and it, it's even more wide open now. So, um, yeah, some of the, the, the big-time dogs made it through. Um, some teams that maybe we thought might get tripped up early um, made it through. So uh, you, you look at a team like Indiana Wesley, and where I think they had some question marks coming into the tournament and now they've played themselves into the final six, 16. And of course, here we go again, right. With a team like that, that has a national pedigree that's been here before that's right back where they want to be. So yeah, an interesting weekend. Um, not like you said, tons of surprises, but I, I think as we move forward, we're going to see certain, certainly some things shake up. Yeah. And, and just talking about uh, going off of that, uh, that Jamestown uh, uh, team there and, and nothing, not to take anything away from them, because they are a good team. They're back in Kansas City, um, and we'll, we'll talk about some of those teams that are in Kansas City here soon. But uh, uh, really unfortunate with Carroll, uh, with, with Jovan Savakinen, uh, 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 who uh, uh, ended up I, – I totally missed it. I, I didn't realize that he had been hurt, uh, and he was out with a knee injury um, and the Frontier Conference Player of the Year and, and a Player of the Year candidate, a National Player of the Year candidate, um, you know, one of the one of the just toughest kids in the in the uh, NEI, and then unfortunately he wasn't able to play in those opening round games. And um, you know, you feel for a kid like that that didn't even get to go out really on his own terms, you know, and uh, ended his career. But uh, um, just some of that kind of stuff, even all the way around. I know uh, um, Talladega ended up surviving, but 
uh, even them, they had some they had some uh, bumps and bruises uh, with, with with a few players going in. And uh, I know that opening round game was a little bit of a scare for them with the uh, 15 seed uh, Washington Ventus uh, uh, giving them a, giving them a, a run for their money until late in that game. But uh, then they. You know, one of the games that I thought was going to be a big-time matchup, you know, we talked about it a little bit too, but that Cumberland-Talladega uh, game uh, uh, ended, up, uh, ended up being a, a bit of a blowout. So um, I, I think that's a, that's a, a big t- testament to how good the we, – we kind of talked about it all year long. You know, the, the Southern States, those top four teams in the, in the Southern States League were, were really, really good. And, and Stillman, you know, uh, they, they had a tough matchup. Uh, couldn't just overcome a, a very good Thomas Moore team. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the top three teams uh, with Loyola, Talladega, and Faulkner all uh, advancing into uh, the Sweet 16 here. So, uh, you know, even even then you look at the, the crossroads that, that had five teams uh, make it into the round of 32, and uh, they're going to have two teams with Grayson, Indiana, Wesleyan uh, move on. And then uh, another league that we talked about all year long, uh, the GSAC, uh, you know, and how good that league is. And, uh, they had a chance to get the third team in there late, but, uh, uh, you know, Ottawa, uh, you know, their their magical season came to an end uh, against College of Idaho, but uh, they did end up getting Arizona Christian and, and William Jessup in. Um, unfortunately for the GSAC, those two teams are also both in the same quadrant. So uh, if they both end up winning here, they'll, they'll end up facing off and only be able to get one team into the Fab Four. But, uh, um, you know, just looking all the way across, it, it's just uh, – you know, even some of those second round second round games that we were really looking forward to, uh, uh, you know, they came about and they were a lot of fun. I mean, I'm looking at Grace Olive at Nazarene, you know, with uh, big Elijah Malone, uh, you know, having a, a big time game uh, against Alex Gross uh, as Grace uh, turned around and, and knocked off Olive at Nazarene. That was a 7-2 matchup there. Um, and then even that uh, Bethel uh, St. Francis game with, with Jalen Scott and the uh, uh, and then, you, you know, with uh, St. Francis uh, made a bit deep run last year between Antoine Cushenberry and, and uh, David Asia and, and uh, a younger team. I think with that St. Francis team, they'll be back next year. But, uh, uh, you know, some of those matchups happen. And then, uh, um, you know, even even turn around, uh, uh, you know, uh, just some some big time games uh, coming up here. But, uh, you know, we were talking about some future matchups on the on the show, on the uh, tournament preview show. And. Uh, we're going to get William Jessup, Indiana Wesleyan for round uh, two, uh, which was a big time game over over the holiday break out in Florida on a neutral site court. Uh, now those two are going to meet uh, again in Kansas City. So uh, I know we'll talk about those Kansas City matchups uh, uh, coming up here, but uh, uh, Pat, it was just a lot of fun to to see. You know, you, sometimes the tournament doesn't always work out the way you you, you want it to or, or you expect it to. And uh, I thought that uh, some of the games that we were really looking forward to as as far as like potential matchups, uh, just to see those actually come, come and, and actually happen uh it was a lot of fun and the games lived up to the hype as that happened as well well yeah and you know we talked about how Wesleyan had been struggling at home you think they wanted to get right right like we're the, uh, talking about defending home court I know this is a tournament and not necessarily a home game but you know allowing just 47 points against Indiana Tech is, is incredible and you look at the other side a team like Sagu that we've kind of talked about in the past where they're talented. They have experience. They have veteran guard play. And here they are. They played themselves um, through the first weekend and, and into the Sweet 16. So um, I think we said on the last podcast, like, don't be surprised if they make a run of this thing. So Tom's well, they were. Yeah, so yeah. that Sagu team, uh, Sagu team uh, actually versus the Thomas Moore, those were our, our mind and your uh, Fab Four picks out of the listing quadrant. They're playing each other here. So yeah, Talladega, like you said, the, the Southern states really have just kind of shown you know, kind of disappointed to see them 
Faulkner have to play Loyola, you know, basically a conference matchup here in the Sweet 16, but that's the way the bracket crumbles, right? And then, of course, you look at the other side where IU Kokomo, you know, just incredible. But like we've been saying, you've got to have veteran guard play. You've got to have veteran experience, guys that are mature, guys that are ready to compete, and that's what IU Kokomo has. So, obviously, William Penn, really, really, really talented, but IU Kokomo is a team that has been red hot. I mean, red, red hot for the last few weeks. So, Credit yeah. to them. Um, yeah, we, we they're, talked they're about exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it on the on the previous show that uh, somebody on that uh, committee does not like William Penn because last year they they had to go against a Mac U team that was, uh, you know, a top twenty in the year most of the year, and then they kind of fell apart late. But they they uh, survived Mac U last year and, and made it to Kansas City. Uh, I thought IU Kokomo as an eight seed is ridiculous, and they end up showing up. I mean, they, we talked about it. Them and 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 Cumberland were kind of our teams that we were looking forward to as maybe some upset special teams. And um, you know, that's Kokomo team to be an eight seed, and, and uh, you know, especially if you're if you're going to quote unquote the 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 top seed in the in the uh, bracket, you know, in William Penn, who was number one most of the year. Uh, you know, just to put, get, to get the matchup of a foursome, you know, I, I don't want to uh, discredit any team because, but I thought a lot of teams had some easier, you know, foursome pods, you know, uh, to, the route, the route to Kansas city wasn't uh, as easy and you would expect that, or was, was a lot easier. And, and you expect that usually from a one seed, you know, to, to get an easier bracket, but that Kokomo team, I mean, coming in, you know, now 18 straight wins, uh, you gotta give them a lot of credit. I mean, you talked about the veteran guard play I mean, they've got, uh, uh, four guys, I believe, on that team that are all fifth-year players. Uh, you know, again, one of the hottest teams in the country. Just tough, uh, physical, uh, can really defend. Uh, and and what they did, I mean, William Penn hadn't lost at home in three years. Uh, and so just to Cohen, and I, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, just to – I want to give William Penn a little bit of a shout-out here because, you know, I know a lot of people uh, hate on the heart of America. And the heart of America hasn't been – they used to be a national power. And that's the good thing about the NEI is it kind of rotates around, you know, and and the heart was a, it was a national power uh, a few years ago, and it's a little bit down now. But uh, but both things can be true, and I and I think William Penn kind of gets a bad rep sometimes about you know running through a, a bad league. Uh, but that's a good ball ball club, and and unfortunately they went up against Kokomo. And I saw some comments online. That's why I only wanted to I wanted to to share that fact. You know, I, I saw a lot of hate on William Penn, and that's a good ball club. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, they we watched them several times this year, and and they were very yeah. not, not just talented, but like. You know, I know that talent doesn't always win, and, and you got to have stuff. And you know, they they didn't make shots early in that game and got behind uh, by as much as eighteen and battled back. But uh, uh, you know, to go go, I think they're I think I I saw that they're now uh, eighty seven and six over the last three years. And um, I think a lot of people forget about this team that you know this is a team that uh, in in the last eight years I think they've been the two final four or they've been in a national championship game. They went to two final fours. An elite eight, and they haven't gone. This is the first time in I think ten years now uh, where they haven't meet, they haven't uh, gone to the Sweet Sixteen or better. So, uh, you know, great program, and, and just went up against a tough matchup in Kokomo. And uh, I just want to give uh, Kokomo a, a lot of and, uh, to go beat a team on on their home court that has lost there in three years. And uh, you know, to be an eight seed, I, I thought they should have been like a, maybe a five or six, but. Uh, uh, like you said, that, that's how the bracket crumbled, and uh, Kokomo uh, showed their toughness to go get that win uh, on a buzzer beater there. Uh, William Penn actually took the lead with about six seconds left, uh, and, uh, you know, IU Kokomo went down and, and got the floater to go in. And, and Kokomo was such an intriguing team to me because you just think about, yeah, yes, they're experienced, but they're also, like, 
old, right? These are 23, maybe even 24-year-old guys playing against maybe, you know, at some points, 18-year-old guys where just the age difference there really, I, I think, is an advantage. You know, you're more developed, you're, you're more experienced. It's just that alone is an advantage, you know, set aside the college basketball experience, just the age alone really is something that they should continue to ride. So, yeah, William and Penn, or William Penn, excuse me, is an, obviously an incredible program, right? That doesn't happen by coincidence. That doesn't happen overnight. That you got to win games, right? And good teams just win games, as simple as that sounds. So it doesn't matter what league you play in. You got to play the games. You got to win the game. So credit to yeah. them. Um, had a great year. Just just fell a little bit short. Yeah, and and you know, kind of just sh- shifting here into those Sweet Sixteen games. Uh, um, and I know we got to be careful with uh, using that Sweet 16 term, but uh, <laughs> the, the round of uh, 16 here, you know, uh, um, you know, we'll just take off in this doer, the doer quadrant here with, with since we're talking about Kokomo. But uh, I'm really excited about this, this Kokomo Concordia game. Uh, I think uh, Kokomo, um, you know, they're a bit undersized. You know, they're not your, they don't have your traditional five man. They play uh, the, the River Athletic Conference Player of the Year. Uh, River State's Conference Player of the Year, uh, Deshaun Hampton, who's about 6'5", 6'6". Uh, he's their five-man at most times. And uh, I think they match up pretty well to Concordia. And Concordia's team has been red hot. Um, again, another team that – a little bit – I know the G-Pack, a lot of people thought the G-Pack was a little bit down this year. They're going to end up having two teams in the Sweet 16. But, um, you know, this is a team that still won the – it was a co-champion of the regular season. And then they go and win the tournament championship. And um, – you know, to pull off that double-double, um, especially how hot they were coming in uh, to the national tournament, to, to, for them to be a 5C was kind of a little bit surprising. Especially anybody on their seating or, or anything like that. I don't, wanna, I don't want the committee, uh, you know, thinking we're hating on them. I'm just talking in general, uh, just to, to see them as a 5C. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to win games, and, and uh, Kokomo and, and Concordia both won them, and, and here they are. And I think that, that Friday matchup, uh, Friday night matchup uh, at 7 p.m. is going to be a lot of fun between those two teams that – that you know maybe don't have your your traditional big in, in sense, but uh, uh, guys that are going to be on the perimeter and and uh, Kokomo can really defend. So uh, guard the three point line, uh, but uh, that that should be a really really good game. And then you yeah, know, that, it's going if you like fast paced, if you like fast paced games, that, that's one you want to watch, right? They're going to be getting up and down, up and down. It's going to be exciting, exciting matchup. Yeah, and then going on to off that one, then you, you kind of have. You're gonna go from a high fast or fast paced game, and, and actually the game before it is gonna be really really slow, and that's that Jamestown Talladega game. <laughs> um, you know, Talladega uh, coming in as one of the, the top defensive teams in the in the country, and uh, they're gonna have their hands full because uh, you know uh, they're, this is gonna be their they're probably the best big man they faced all year. Um, and Mason Walters, uh, another player of the year candidate, national player of the year candidate, that just what he's been able to do this year. He's such a phenomenal player, and. Uh, you know, I know, I know Coach Wright and, and company will, uh, uh, on, on Friday there, they'll, uh, you know, they'll have a game plan ready to go just because they are so good defensively. But they'll have their hands full on that one. And just, just to see kind of what they can do and, and how they guard uh, a, a team uh, will be a lot of fun to, to see. I, I, you know, the, the, the fun part about this, too, is that, you know, we see a lot of teams from a lot of around the country, uh, you know, maybe yep. outside of Loyola Faulkner, who have seen each other a couple times this year. A lot of these teams uh, are, are – gearing up game plans for the first time against these teams. And, and a lot of them probably haven't seen each other this year because we talked about it throughout the year, you know, and the NEI level, it's, it's hard to watch teams from all over the country. So you kind of just focus in on your own teams, but uh, um, you know, you got a, a team from North Dakota versus a team for, from Alabama and this one, and 
Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see the gameplay with the coaches and, and how they, uh, you know, what they do strategically to uh, to counter some of the other team's best players here. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point where the matchups here are, are really, really unique. And we're going to learn a lot about the Southern, Southern States Conference where, you know, how well does that prepare you for a tournament play? Is Talladega having to navigate a league schedule like they've had really going to pay off here and kind of allow them to, you know, topple Jamestown? But, yeah, Mason Walters, he's a, he's a tough guy to game plan for. He can beat you in different ways. So going to be interesting. Yeah, that we talked about matchups, and, and this one – I think really, really comes down to who can impose their will most, right? Where we talk about Kokomo and Concordia, you kind of know the style of play that you're going to get. You, you know that it's going to be up and down. I think Jamestown is a little bit more high-powered than Talladega, but I think Talladega, as we know, really wants to slow things down, really wants to get after you defensively. So going to be interesting to see, you know, not necessarily two completely different styles of play, but, but Talladega plays such a unique style where Jamestown is going to really, really – have to value each possession where, you know, sometimes in a game like this, a six-point lead can feel like a 12-point lead. You know what I mean? Where it's just every possession matters so much when you play Talladega. Yeah, no doubt. And that, that's a, that dual bracket or dual quadrant uh, will be a lot of fun. And, and just sticking with the Friday matches, and then we'll swing back and get the, the Thursday ones uh, since those ones will start off the tournament. But uh, uh, since we started on the Friday matches, we'll, we'll move on to the list in the quadrant and, uh, the Friday afternoon games, uh, uh, 1 p.m., you're going to see Oklahoma Wesley and Shreveport. Um, so this is going to be a inter- really interesting matchup. I know Shreveport only plays about uh, – only well, there for the conference tournament, they were only suiting seven guys. But the, I know uh, in the first couple rounds they had eight guys. So um, they're they're basically suiting eight guys. And, and Oklahoma Wesley in the, uh, comes in you, comes at you in droves, a five in, five out. Um, you know, Shreveport uh, out of the, the Red River uh, – you know, a team that uh, really struggled early on this year came up, came along uh, late in the year and uh, got a big win against Science and Arts there, uh, 76-71. Um, this would be an interesting match because, you know, the, the two uh, two uh, schools that uh, uh, both head coaches are, are Raiders. Uh, uh, they're both the ARCs and, and uh, uh, also help out with the top 25, I believe, as well. So um, just going to be interesting on these two. I thought that uh, – you know, no, no offense to Oklahoma wasn't or anything like that. I, uh, you know, St. Catherine in the first round, uh, uh, obviously uh, a team that uh, first time in the in the tournament and uh, winning the Cal Pack. Uh, a lot of respect for for Coach Williamson what he does out there. I thought that they, uh, I thought he uh, uh, should have won the Cal Pack Coach of the Year. Uh, That's just I wanted to circle back, Coach. I, I was I was kind of surprised he didn't win that with US US K St. Catherine uh, um, winning the Cal Pack this year, and then the both regular season and the the tournament. Uh, I thought that that, that uh, matchup, it was a tough matchup for them uh, coming to play Oklahoma Wesley. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, every team has their kryptonite. And I feel like Kansas Wesley, and they won, won some good games this year. Uh, but uh, this Oklahoma Wesleyan team seemed to give them fits every single time out. Uh, so so I'm sure Oklahoma Wesleyan, when they saw Kansas Wesleyan win, uh, they were more excited about that one um, and rode that one to a 13-point win. But uh, I'm interested to see this Oklahoma Wesley in Shreveport game on Friday afternoon because I think it'll be a little bit, a uh, little more up tempo. But uh, uh, you know, I say up tempo, but like the the pace will be a little bit faster, but the score may not be. You know, this may be a a game still in the 70s or 80s, um, but it's not like they're just holding the ball and running a lot of sets. I mean, this is a team that are both teams that uh, um, you know will run some ball screen offense and they'll swing the ball around. And uh, I just think that it's a it's a fun style, or both these teams play a fun style that. Uh, 
you know, it can be kind of interesting to see uh, LCU Shreveport's got a ton of uh, talent. You know, LeAndre Washington's one of the best guards in the country, and uh, he's been putting up a, a scoring frenzy here as of late, uh, uh, leading the Shreveport team. And, uh, you know, they got the size even uh, with Keem White inside uh, to go up against Jaden Levski, uh, the the first-team all-KCAC player from Oklahoma Wesleyan. So uh, I think matchup-wise, it'll be very, very interesting and, and something that uh, – uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if LSU Shreveport uh, uh, goes on to the the uh, lead eight here uh, and gets that upset win there. But uh, um, and then just f- finishing up, and you can talk about both of them here. But uh, uh, you know, for that Friday three p.m. game, uh, I think I think this is a, t- a, a game here that on a Friday game that uh, uh, honestly could be a national championship game. I mean, uh, Sagu and, and Thomas Moore are, are I think two of the top teams in the here out, you know, maybe outside of Loyola that uh, really have a shot at winning a, a national title. Uh, Sagu uh, was our preseason ranked number one team in the country. Um, you know, they, they lost some games early. Um, they, they've battled some COVID issues. They battled some injuries. Uh, Nicholas Mason, who didn't play from since February 7th, returned uh, for the tournament here. And uh, they are long. They're athletic. Um, they're a team that, that went all the way to the, to the Fab Four last year. Uh, you know, this Thomas Moore team, it, it, you know, they, they, uh, they play a little bit different style, uh, than most teams. And so some Sagu will have some matchup issues here, but, uh, I think this is gonna be a big time game and, and I will not be surprised if this winner of this game is playing for a national title. Right. I agree. I, I think, like you said, Sagu is, is a team that kind of, I, I probably feels like they have a little bit to prove here, right? Where, where they're talented, like you said, they've been up, they've been down. I think Oklahoma Wesleyan probably almost feels the same way where they maybe on a national scale haven't got enough attention where we talk so much about some of these more traditional teams like Wesleyan and William and Indiana Wesleyan, excuse me, and, and William and Pe- William Penn um, and, you know, just some of the bigger names. And I think Oklahoma Wesleyan um, really, really is a team that I think if they can get by Shreveport and match up with, you know, Sagu or Thomas Moore, can make a run at it, but I agree. I think Sagu Thomas Moore is going to be electric. It's going to be a game that's going to have a big, big, big time feel to it. Um, Thomas Moore obviously has earned their right to that two seed, but I think Sagu, um, I think it's just a team that, like we said last week, can make some noise, can really make a, a legitimate shot at a national title uh, out of this quadrant. Well, and, and you know, I, I believe that uh, late in the season, you know, we, we talked about some of these teams that were losing um, and we were like, man, you know, they're losing at kind of the wrong time of year, but if they get, if that hurts their seeding, <laughs> you know, they're like, yeah, feel bad for those teams that have to play them. Well, Sagu at right. 60 is, is, is almost ridiculous because they're a team that was top 10 in the, in the country for almost the entire year. Um, again, you know, they, they battled some COVID issues and, uh, the, the Sooner Athletic Conference is a little bit uh, tougher uh, for teams on, on COVID this year. And so, you know, the, the fight, we talked about this several times, you know, some of these teams were playing, just throwing rosters together with anybody they could get up basically on campus that was eligible uh, to play some of these games. And, uh, you know, and then, and then to lose a, a player, you know, I know Joshua Cashilla is a, a really, really good player. And, and uh, obviously Joel Polius inside uh, is, is a good big man. And um, even the the Bowling uh, brothers uh, on, the, on the perimeter are big time shooters for them. But, uh uh, these are guys that uh, with Joshua Koshilla and, and uh, Nicholas Mason. When Nicholas Mason is healthy, I mean, you're you're talking about uh, this lineup is, is. I mean, they got they'll be able to roll out four or five guys sometimes in a lineup that are they're all six five and and bigger and just long and athletic and 
they get after defensively and they play hard and, and they're so well coached. Del Neal is one of the best coaches in the country. Um, he's proved it last year, taking them to the Fab Four and, and return everybody from that team. So, you know, this is a team that uh, certainly, um, you know, I, I would not be surprised if, if from the sixth seed, uh, you know, plays for the national title, but uh, uh, probably a team that, that realistically is maybe a, a top two or three seed uh, overall, but, or, you know, top two or three seed in, in a bracket, but, uh, um, you know, being a six, you know, I, I, you know, some people are like, oh, that's a, you know, maybe a surprise and, and we'll get to them later, but same with a grace team, you know, that, you know, as a seed that, uh, you know, they were, they were uh, a top 10 team there for a couple of weeks and then, you know, kind of lost some games in the, in the, you know, over the course of the, of a few weeks and and started dropping. And, you know, now these teams that, that maybe had a little bit of a, a lull, a mid-season lull uh, to them are finding their groove again. And, and Sagu is one of those teams. Uh, yeah. And, and then just wrapping up, Right, those Friday games, uh, those will be fun. But uh, the tournament's going to get started on Thursday, and uh, uh, I think we got some big time matchups on, on Thursday. I'm I'm really excited about as well. Uh, we're going to start off uh, uh, with a Naismith bracket, uh, Naismith quadrant, uh, and, and the one uh, one p.m. game on Thursday actually to get it started uh, is going to be College of Idaho versus Grace. Uh, and then the three p.m. game will be Loyola Faulkner. Uh, the, uh, I believe for the fourth time uh, this year for for uh, the in the Southern States Athletic Conference matchup there. But uh, um, starting off with this one p.m. game, I, you know, College of Idaho, if their zone is so so good, and they they do a really good job of of really clamping down defensively and and you know creating some tough angles, and they 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 make you uncomfortable. Um, with that being said, Grace is, I mean, I don't know that, that College of Idaho has seen, you know, a, a talented big man like Elijah Malone. Elijah Malone, uh, as good as he's been, you know, Frankie Davidson is, is playing like a National Player of the Year candidate. And if not this year, he's going to be maybe the front runner for it next year. But I'm telling you right now, like, this is a talented, talented Grace team. Um, they're, they've, uh, you know, Coach Moore has done a great job of, of getting this team back going. Uh, you know what they did in the in the Crossroads League uh, Championship to to go win uh, three road games, three top twenty five road games in a row to to win the Crossroads League Tournament Championship. Uh, it's something we brought up about that. You know when they played, we you know if we said that they won their opening round game, they'd have to play a, a road game against all of the Nazarene. They they go off and win that road game. Um, this is a battle tested team that. Uh, um, you know, College of Idaho may may uh, may play a little bit different style than they're used to uh, because you don't see a lot of zone in the Crossroads League. Uh, I know Indiana wasn't played a little bit of it, but uh, you know this is going to be an interesting matchup just from a a, a standpoint. This is going to be a little bit different than what they're used to seeing, but uh, uh, certainly a Grace team that, that could win this game. And I just want to point this out, uh, Pat, why I'm talking about these two teams. But uh, uh, you know, I I want to say that uh, you know for a while there we were a little bit nervous about. Uh, you know, our, our coaches coming on the podcast because we had a we had a really good run of, of big time wins. And then and then after those wins came away, then all of a sudden we had some some teams going on some big time losing streaks. And we're like, oh, man, that's that's not looking good for our coaches. And with that being said, there is six of the final 16 teams uh, that had coaches on the on the podcast come on this year. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Seems like good it. odds to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like feel pretty good again, again about uh, the coaches we brought in. And, and uh, again, we, 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 uh, we were a little nervous there. We thought we were bad luck there for a little bit, but uh, it seems that uh, uh, we picked a, picked a good crew this year to come on. And, and six of them are now uh, in the, uh, in the elite or sorry, uh, six of them are now in the round of 16. Yeah. And one, yes. Come on the podcast. I think 
it still holds true. If you want to win games, you want to win national championships, come on the podcast. But if you really want to win games, you got to take care of the ball. And, and I think this Grace team really, really is a team that is dangerous. They can beat you in so many different ways. They can beat you with so many different guys. Frankie Davidson is obviously the straw that stirs the drink. But I, I think they just have so many different options that can beat you on any given night. Obviously, Malone on the inside is just a dominant force. And they kind of showed it against Gross at all that. But I think this Grace team is a team that I think will be able to get by College of Idaho. And if all holds true, will be really, really interesting to see them play Loyola in the next round. But I think this Grace team, like you said, is starting to find the rhythm, right? They had some guys become eligible again at semester, and that takes a little bit of figuring out. And they stumbled a little bit out of the gates to start the calendar year. Um, and then, of course, got it rolling through the conference tournament and maybe have now found their groove again just at the right time. So I think this Grace team really is getting hot at the right time. And as we know, that's what these tournaments are about. But going to be interesting. I think College of Idaho obviously is really, really talented, but I think it's Drew Wyman is the guy that they've got that that's really, really good for them. Um, so going to be an interesting matchup, but I, I like Grace to come through with it. Um, and then as we'll look at Loyola in another Southern States rematch, like you said, for the fourth time this year, uh, I think they are just, you know, gosh, I mean, are they dominant, right? They, they are just a team that you don't want to see. You don't want to get in their way at this point. They have been rolling all year long. They've, they've been really good all year long and, and would not be surprised to see them continue that against Faulkner. Yeah, and, and you know, the the one thing that Faulkner has going for him, and we, you know, th- we saw it last year, and, and I'm not saying it's going to happen again this year, but, uh, you know, we saw a matchup in, in Kansas City in the opening round last year where uh, Indiana Wesleyan and the team, and, and I think this Faulkner team uh, with, with C.J. Hines and uh, Jalen Perry, uh, two electric guards, uh, um you know they they're they're used to playing Loyola. They've seen Loyola. They know that they can you know play with Loyola, even though they didn't beat them. But you know this is a, a team that um, you know maybe like a St. Francis last year that uh, um, you know is going to show up in this game. And, and I don't know that they'll be intimidated because they've seen them. You know it's not like they're playing Loyola for the first time. Then you know Loyola Loyola imposes their will early, and then you're just like, oh man, these guys are good. You know they they know how good they are. So. <laughs> Um, you know, again, you know, you just kind of look at some similarities uh, from last year, and that's that's an interesting one. In last year, they receded, um, and they're not receding this year, but uh, this is a, a matchup here with, with Faulkner and Loyola that uh, um, common foes that know each other a little bit. And um, you just kind of wonder if that has that, that St. Francis, Indiana Wesleyan feel to it last year, where, where Indiana Wesleyan uh, um, ended up getting upset in that uh, in that round of 16 matchup last year, but uh, uh, yeah, and then. You know, you, you talked about it, and I talked a little bit about this matchup too, but uh, College of Idaho, I mean, at Ricardo time uh, is the, the Cascade Player of the Year. And uh, Drew Wyman, the freshman, has, has had a big-time year for College of Idaho. And, and we'll see. We'll see if they can, uh, you know, I mean, they've been so good all year long. And, and uh, um, you know, you just it's another another team. You know, it, it's Grace probably hasn't seen a, a zone defense like College of Idaho. College of Idaho, I don't know if they've, they've seen a – uh, big man of the caliber of, of Elijah Malone. So um, someone's got to give on that one, so it'll be interesting. Uh, but some great uh, Thursday afternoon matchups to, to get the, the uh, round of 16 started um, or, or tipped off there. And then uh, uh, even the evening matchups here, you know, uh, we mentioned it a little bit already on the podcast, but uh, uh, the, the 7 p.m. game, and in the, we'll go 5 p.m. game first, I guess, here. But the 5 p.m. game uh, is going to be Arizona Christian and Bethel. Um, you know, Arizona Christian – so so good. I mean, uh, Angelo uh, Johnson's their their point guard. Uh, uh, just a, a 
really headsy guard. Uh, it can score, it can dish it. Um, and then Robbie Wilson, uh, another player for them. Uh, um, two guys that, uh, you know, that this is an Arizona Christian team that got knocked off in the round of 32 last year. They got upset uh, by a Carroll, very good Carroll team. Um, and I think they're a little bit hungry this year to, to make it back. And, um, you know, Xavier uh, had them down in the last round and, uh, you know, midway through the second half there. And, and, uh, and Arizona Christian just found another gear. That's kind of what they do. They find another gear. Um, and I think they're uh, they're one seed, obviously, for a reason. But I think they're a team to watch here because they're uh, a certainly uh, uh, talented enough team to, to go win some games here. And, and they're going to have their hands full with this Bethel team. Jalen Scott, you know, it's so, so good. I don't know when Jalen Scott's last uh, uh, game is going to be, you know, career game in any eye, any eye is going to be. But, uh, my goodness, I mean, what a, what an astounding career. Um, if they don't win a national championship, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, a career that's going to end uh, – you know, with a loss, unfortunately, uh, if they don't win a national title. But uh, uh, Jalen Scott, man, uh, we're going to miss watching him play because he is super, super talented, a, a guy that, uh, um, you know, can do it all. And, and one of the most unselfish players around. I, I can't tell you enough, like, when people really uh, go and, and put a scout report in to stop him, uh, the passes and the ability to make plays for others is, is just phenomenal. And he's going to be a, a pro um, at the next level. I've talked to several scouts about him that uh, – um, I wouldn't be surprised if he has, has a G League tryout uh, uh, coming up this year. So I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, uh, you know, just what Arizona Christian can do with, with Jalen Scott and company. Um, but uh, that's a team that uh, returns to Kansas City. And, and that's something else that uh, maybe the, to think about, too, is that, you know, yeah. some of these teams, uh, only the second year uh, here for for the uh, uh, second year here for the the round of 64 has one division. Well, the only first year is of 64 teams, but the only second year of Kansas City um, for some of these teams, because, uh, you know, so playing Kansas City, Florida, Arizona Christian certainly had, um, but a Bethel team, you know, that uh, returns for a second straight year and uh, in this format, uh, you know, they'll they'll be able to kind of have some experience in that one as well. And then, um, like I said, man, it, you know, I'm very excited about this uh, rematch of uh, William Jessup, Indiana Wesleyan. Uh, it's a game that Jessup uh, actually knocked off Indiana Wesleyan earlier on, early on in the year. Um, just interesting kind of how this game plays out. Uh, uh, you, you always like rematches, especially on neutral court rematches. Uh, uh, most of these games, uh, you know, the first one game was a rematch, and, and or sorry, the first game was a uh, neutral site game down Florida with Will and Jessup winning. Uh, and just kind of uh, these two teams will, will have a scouting report already in. So it'll just be kind of adjusting it from from maybe some do, doing some things a little bit differently this time of year than when, than when they previously played. Um, but a big time match nonetheless, I think in that one as well. And, um, you know, it, it'd be interesting kind of, uh, if we do get to see, uh, two GSAC teams face off again with, with Arizona Christian and William Jessup, or, um, you know, if, if Bethel or Indiana Wesleyan can, can kind of scoop in and get a win here. Right. That Wesleyan, Indiana Wesleyan versus William Jessup matchup really is just intriguing. Just two really, really strong, really, really good teams. Um, kind of, yeah, it's, it's, that one is, I think it's just going to be, just a knock down, drag out kind of fight, right? Where it's just like two really, really heavy hitters, two really, really developed teams going at it. But correct me if I'm wrong, I think John Scott was your, your pick to be this year's Trayvon Cruz, right? So yep. I think yep. this this is this is where we really see that magic start to happen, right? Where where this is a guy that sees the light at the end of the tunnel. He kind of, you know, feels the need to put the team on his back and just goes goes ahead and does it, right? And there, there are a lot of really, really good teams 
left. I, th- I think, obviously, Frankie Davidson is, is a really good player. Obviously, Reitzel from Loyola is really, really good. But I think Jalen Scott, he's every bit as good as those guys, right, where it's like he is that guy. He's the guy that can do it. So somebody's got to have the magic, right? So why not Bethel, right? Why, why not, you know? This is a team that kind of has – is starting to feel like they have a little bit of magic in them. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I think Arizona Christian obviously is going to have their hands full with them. Yeah, and, and, you know, Jason Ortez, that, that, that game is so well coached. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Rudder from Arizona Christian and, and Ortez from Bethel, uh, uh, I think they're just two phenomenal coaches. I, I really appreciate, the, their, you know, the, how they play basketball and, and the things that they've been able to do, not just this year, but in the last couple of years. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I think they, they're both team, both coaches that are, you know, they, they do what they do, you know, as a team-wise, but they're so good at, at taking away – things from the other team as well and and so I'm you know I've, I've talked about this a little bit uh, in that Jamestown Talladega game but even in this game you know just the the uh the the I'm eager to really see you know what the breakdown is and how how they decide to, to defend you know how Arizona this uh, Christian decides to defend Jalen Scott and how you know Bethel is going to uh take away a, a really good guard and Angela Johnson and and uh just the gameplay and strategy involved in this game uh for me, you know, just being a former coach and things is very intriguing to me just to kind of watch the gameplay and, and how that unfolds on that one. But uh, uh, certainly a lot of, uh, you know, you're in the round of 16, so they're, you're never going to you never gonna really have a bad team. You know, obviously some upsets happen to get here, but I don't think that any of those upsets were really too far crazy. I don't think any of these teams are undeserving uh, to be in the round of 16. And uh, um, just going to be really fun to kind of watch uh, to see how it all plays out. Uh, you know, starting here on uh, on uh, Thursday uh, as we get tipped off, but uh, um, you know, something to think about uh, that I that I start to elaborate uh, on a little bit. Uh, you know, you got a lot of teams that uh, that were here last year, and, and some of them for for different reasons. Uh, uh, maybe we're only here for for a game, or, or um, you know, a loyalty team even last year that uh, you know they got a lot more depth this year. But uh, last year, you know, I just thought they ran out of gas because they didn't have the depth. Uh, um, you know, but, uh, you know, you have Indiana Wesley and you have Bethel. Uh, you ha- you're going to sit there and you have Faulkner. You have Loyola. Uh, you have a, a Jamestown team that was here last year. You have a, a Sagu team that was here last year. So, um, you know, uh, plenty of teams that were here. Uh, Talladega that was here last year, too. You know, that, that some of these teams lost in the, in the uh, last year. But uh, um, you have a, a, a lot of teams that are making their second year uh, here and just kind of, it's going to be interesting to just see if that uh, is going to play into it. You know, I, I know that uh, I, I made a post about the shooting can kind of go – it's mostly in the in the first round. You know, the uh, municipal auditorium uh, is, is kind of known for, for the poor opening round shooting because the teams get adjusted to the, the backdrop in the big arena, and, and it's really dark behind the rim. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see these teams. But, you know, some of these teams don't don't shoot the ball great anyway. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, some of these teams is not going to matter because they just are so good at getting to the rim. So, um, you know, I do want to point out about that rifle, but, the, um, you know, and how dominant Loyal has been, you know, I, what they did in the opening round. Uh, these, these are – Zach Reitzel and, and Miles Burns, uh, maybe the best duo in the in the country – um, you know, Miles Burns was two, two rebounds short of a uh, of a triple double, and uh, uh, and uh, Zach Reitzel was one assist shy of a triple double in the same game in the opening round, and that's just the, the show the dynamic of, of those two. And and then 
they have talent up and down that roster, but uh, uh, those two are a lot of fun. And then, you know, Pat, uh, it is kind of amazing as we go through that to how many of the uh, the uh, player of the year candidates uh, or yeah. player of the year uh, in their league uh, are now uh, still carrying their teams uh, here in the round of 16. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what it takes, right? Is Obviously, it's much easier said than done. You got to have good players, right? And this in Kansas City is going to be truly a showcase of talent. You're going to see some really good teams and some really, really, really impressive individual efforts. I can guarantee you that as we head into the weekend. Um, it's it, it's just high level basketball at this point. It's just outstanding players trying to will their teams to victories. Guys that you know maybe came back for a fifth year to to prove it. If you're Ayu Kokomo or you know, players that have had great four-year careers that are that are going to come to an end at this point. And it's just – it's exciting to see. It's rewarding to see. It's guys that have worked really, really hard to get to this point. It's players that maybe have been, had a lot of ups and downs, whether it's due to COVID, whether it's due to transferring, whether it's due to, you know, anything, any outside reason. It's just guys that have gone through a lot over the course of, you know, not only this season, but their, their athletic career. So it's going to be exciting to see it all play out in Kansas City, uh, both at, at individual levels and at team levels. Yep, and we will get the uh, first game tipped off at Thursday at 1 p.m. Like I said, that uh, will be the College of Idaho-Grace matchup. Uh, and then action all the way through um, as we go into uh, Saturday, and then they'll take the day off actually on Sunday. Um, but then the uh, uh, Fab Four uh, will be on Monday uh, with the national championship game uh, being at Tuesday at 7 p.m. You can catch the national championship game at on ESPN3. If you can't make it to Kansas City, it's well worth the price uh, to watch these teams play and make players play. But it's going to be a great uh, uh, final uh, few rounds here. It's already been a great tournament. And, and while some of the CD may be, uh, be, may be strange or, or confusing on how things worked out, at the end of the day, we've had a great product, and that's what all that matters. The product of the tournament has been – been uh, uh, phenomenal. Um, if I could make one suggestion to the NEI, which they're not going to probably listen to anyway, um, is that it would be awesome if we could get the game staggered <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> uh, having, having 10 games at uh, the same time going on is, is very, very difficult to, on us, to not, not just to cover, but to watch all those games. Uh, but I know without a TV market, uh, you know, there's probably not going to be a lot of pressure to uh, to stagger those games and play, you know, 10 a.m. games. But uh um, all in all, Pat, uh, it, it has been uh, everything we could ask for um, as from a tournament standpoint so far. Um, I, I expect more of the same here as uh, we enter Kansas City. Um, best of luck to all the teams that are still playing. Um, best of luck to all the players that are still playing. Uh, it is going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to, for more action. See you guys again for the Fab Four as uh, Pat and I uh, do another rundown of the all the action uh, before we get into the Fab Four. Uh, so we will tape uh, on Sunday, and with the Fab Four being on Monday, uh, expect that uh, show to be posted sometime uh, on the 21st in the morning. So uh, until then, this is Junior Pat signing off.